You know, we've been looking at some red letters that are beyond the Gospels. We've been spending some time looking at the Word of God that, that we see that are words that Jesus has spoken outside of the Gospels. You know, when it's normal to see them outside, but it kind of highlights it when it's outside of the Gospels. We spent a lot of time in the book of Acts, some in, in, in Corinthians, and then last week and this week we're going to spend some time in the book of Revelation because that's kind of the other place where there's lots of red letters. Acts and Revelation is really where they, where they come. You know, God has spoken to us, and this is probably the last message in this series, but, but what I think is so neat is looking back, God has spoken to us about vision. He's spoken to us about suffering. He's spoken to us about uh, his grace that is sufficient. He's spoken to us about the call to be evangelists. He's spoken to us about unity within the body of Christ. He's spoken to us about the providence of God. That was last week. He is the Alpha and Omega, the first and last. And so God has really taken us on a journey throughout this series. And, and I didn't know where we were going when I started the series. I'm not that good of a planner. And so I just go with God. And so, so uh, looking back, it was neat to me to see all the truths that God has brought forth in the midst of this series. Last week, when we talked about the Alpha and Omega, that was a phrase that I said happened quite a bit in the book of Revelation. It was a phrase that we see several times in that book. And there's another phrase that I want to talk about today that happens several times in the book of Revelation. You know when we say something lots, it becomes kind of our catchphrase? When we repeat something over and over, it becomes a catchphrase for us. So I've got a few catchphrases. Just see if you can can tell me who said these. Live long and prosper. Spock, all right. Some of these, they're going to be real easy. So is that your final answer? Huh? Regis Philbin, remember? Remember the show, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Is that your final answer? All right. What are you talking about, Willis? Who's that? Gary Coleman. Good job, Joe. I couldn't remember his name, but I could see his face when I saw this one. Yabba Dabba Doo. Who's that one? You got that one? Fred Flintstone. All right. Now we're getting this. Catchphrases that we know. Who's got this one? And that's the way it is. Walter Cronkite. All right. Anyway, just catchphrases. When you say something over and over again, people begin to associate that phrase with you. So when we hear um, yabba dabba do, we think immediately of Fred Flintstone. Or what you're talking about, Willis, we see Gary Coleman, little Gary Coleman with his lips perched out. That's what we think of. It's, it's these, these, these places we go. And I believe that the phrase we're looking at today is actually a catchphrase for Jesus. It's a phrase that we're going to see. It happens in the book of Revelation, I think, seven or eight times. It happens in the Gospels seven or eight times. Recall this book. It was written by John, who would have been with Jesus. He was on the island of Patmos. He'd experienced Jesus. He'd been exiled. Why was he exiled? He was exiled because he was preaching the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He knew Jesus. He walked with him. He'd heard him. He knew what he said. And so I really feel like when we get to the phrase today, it's like he's like, yeah, this is him. You know what I mean? Like I'm hearing him. He's talking. But when he says it, yeah, that's, that's him. That's a Jesus phrase. That's one of those things that Jesus says. And so the phrase that we're going to look at, it's a really confusing phrase, really, or redundant, I mean, in a lot of ways, because, I mean, when we see it, it's like, why is he saying this? So, so John is writing letters to the seven churches, and at the end of each, it's, at the end of each letter, he, he says this phrase, whoever has ears, 
Let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is the paradise of God. But the first part of this phrase, whoever has ears, let them hear. That is Jesus' catchphrase. That is something that Jesus said in the Gospels, and it's something that Jesus is, is repeating over and over to John in the book of Revelation. But what in the world does that mean? Who has ears? Wait. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Well, duh. Well, duh. <laughs> like, seriously, why does Jesus use that phrase time and time and time again? And, and I didn't want to go into a big, deep Greek study. I didn't want to go into words and, and looking at here and, and, and ears and let them hear and all that stuff. The reality of this word, Kent just shouted it out. The reality of it, every time Jesus says these words, he's basically saying, listen up. Listen well. Pay attention. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Hey, when Jesus says that, guess what I'm doing? Whoa. Whoa. What's he saying? What is he speaking? So today we're going to talk about listening well. We're going to talk about listening up. We're going to talk about listen up. As a pastor, the concept of listening to God has come up several times this month. In Sunday school. Our adult Sunday school class. It's a great class. If you're not coming, you should come. I don't know where you're going to sit, but we'll find a place. We're pretty full right now. That's okay. A few weeks ago, we read a chapter in our book. We're reading The Secrets of the Secret Place that was called The Secret of Listening. And in that, in that chapter, here's just a quote from it. Something profound. I'm sorry. My, my, my sermon got printed on the back of the bulletins because... Pastor Tara didn't move the, the uh, paper out, so it's, you got a bulletin on the back. Something profound happened in, to, inside me the day the Lord showed me the single most important word in the Bible. Now, when someone says that, I listen up. You're going to tell me the single most important word in the Bible. Okay, let me hear it. I was on an intense study of Jesus' teachings and was suddenly struck by how often Jesus talked about the necessity of hearing. For example, he cried out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. His words hit me like a freight train. I realized that everything in the kingdom depends on whether or not we hear the word of God. The Holy Spirit began to extrapolate that truth for me through the breadth of the entire Bible. And I suddenly saw it. The word here is the most important word in the Bible. And I have to be honest, when we read that in Sunday school, I'm like, uh-uh. I mean, love, that's the most important word. Grace. (laughs) Salvation, redemption, sanctification. I got lots of words. You're telling me here is the most important word. You're crazy. But as I processed it, I began to understand where the author was coming from. How do I know love if I haven't heard about it? How do I experience grace 
without hearing? How do I know what transformation is if I haven't listened? How do I recognize the word that's been made flesh? That's Jesus Christ. The word made flesh and made his dwelling among us. How do I know that without hearing? And then this week in men's Bible study, we're reading through the book of Psalms. Talk about a manly book to read through together, the book of praise. We just go and kill things afterwards to feel like men. I'm just kidding. We haven't killed it. We haven't killed anything. We're reading Psalm chapter 81 this week. I want to read this. Hear me, my people, and I will warn you. If you only listen to me, Israel. You shall have no foreign god among you. You shall not worship any god other than me. I'm the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt. Open wide your mouth and I will fill it. But my people would not listen to me. Israel would not submit to me, so I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own desires. If my people, he said in verse 13, would only listen to me. If Israel would only follow my ways, how quickly I would subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. You know, God knows I'm kind of like a kid still. My mom had to tell me things three or four times for me to understand them. God is speaking to me about listening. God is speaking to me as a pastor. I knew I was preaching on he who has ears to hear. That's where I was going. I knew that that was that. But then we have this study in Psalms. And and we had already had the study from Sunday school. God desires to speak to us about how imperative it is for us to listen. What was the promise for listening to the church or to the Israelites in Psalm? What's their promise? If only my people would listen to me. If Israel would only follow my ways, how quickly I would do what? Subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. You want to talk about how important it is to listen? God's promise in Psalms was if they would listen to me, I would defeat their enemies. I would subdue their foes. God's promise to the the Israelites was if they would just listen to me, they would have victory. Yet, I'm going to use a word here. Put fingers in your ears if you don't like it. We suck at listening. Now, if you didn't like that, we stink at listening. We're no good at listening. You know what I'm saying? Most of us just like to talk. Most of us are more worried about being heard than we are at hearing from God. We're more worried about God knowing my problems than I am about hearing God's answer to my problems. Like, He starts to talk and we're like, no, 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 I'm not finished yet. We start singing, we pull out our guitar and we start singing our country music song about our truck that broke down and our wife that left us and our dog that ran off and God's trying to speak to us the whole time, but hey, just listen to me. I believe that God is speaking to us about how imperative it is for us to be a people who listens. A people who listen to God. You know, if you look in the book of Revelation, I said this phrase occurs time and time again. Revelation 2.7. Revelation 2.11. He who has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says 
Revelation 2.17, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Revelation 2.29, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Revelation chapter 3, verse 6, verse 13 and verse 22. It's not often you can do this. It says, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Revelation chapter 13, verse 9 says, whoever has ears, let them hear. I think God wants us to hear something. You recall, he says, whoever hears these words of this prophecy in the book of Revelation will be blessed. <laughs> There's life in that. Yet, oftentimes we read without hearing. We go through the motions and we're not attentive to what God is saying. Why do I care about the church in Pergamum or the church in Thyatira? Because that's not me. You know, when I was a kid, my mom, we used to have picture albums, Cambry. And what they were was where you actually printed these pictures off. And you put them in books. You didn't have a cell phone to look at that you could just scroll through them all or a digital picture frame. But they were actually books with pictures in them. And you know how I looked through those books? I just looked for the pictures of me. I didn't care about my brothers. I just wanted to see the pictures of me. And you know, I think oftentimes when it comes to listening to God, we only listen when we feel like it pertains to me. So why would I pay attention to what he's talking about, some churches, some dead churches that don't exist anymore in Asia Minor? That's not to me. Talk about me right now, God. But God is saying, he's saying, he gave us these books. He wrote seven letters to seven churches in Asia Minor. And every time he says, he who has ears, that wasn't just the people in the church who had ears. And you know the crazy thing? They all got the letters about the other churches. Wait a minute, this isn't my mail. Now God said, I want to speak to you from each of these churches. God said, I want you to hear from each of these churches. And so he writes to the churches. He writes to the church in Ephesus, which is a church without love, so that I can process when I read about the church in Ephesus, am I showing love? They lost their first love. He wrote to the church in Smyrna. They were a church that was persecuted. There's a time in my life where I might feel persecuted or attacked for my faith, and I need to hear what God has said in the midst of that. There was a church in Pergamum who was a worldly church. Talk about applicable today. There was a church in Thyatira that was the church of the wrong doctrine. They had problems with doctrine. There was a church in Sardis that was spiritually dead. There was a church in Philadelphia that was spiritually alive. There was a church in, in Laodicea that was lukewarm. Well, guess what? I may not be lukewarm now, but I don't want to be there. So God said something that I need to hear. God spoke something in each one of those circumstances. Yeah, that may not be me now, but I don't want to get there tomorrow. I don't want to be known as the one without love. I don't want to be known as the one that's lukewarm. I don't want to be known as the one that has wrong, wrong doctrine. And he spoke to each church. That's the word of God. That's the word that's living and active. He spoke to them. When God speaks, we have to choose how we respond. When God speaks, we've got to decide what we're going to do with it. 
Matthew chapter 13, verse 9. The exact same phrase comes up again. This is Jesus. This is when he was, this is, uh-oh, red letters in the Gospels now we're going to. This is catchphrase. He said in verse 9, whoever has ears, let them hear. Do you know when he said that? He just told one of his riddles, his parables. He was finishing up the parable of the sower. And as he finished up his teaching on that parable, when he finished up talking about the parable of the sower, you know, the, the farmer who goes out and they begin to scatter seed, the one where there, there's some that falls on the path and the birds come and devour it, and some that falls um, in, in, in the weeds grow up and they consume it, some that falls in rocky places, some that falls here and there, and, and some that falls in good soil. Remember that? And then he says, when he finishes that, he who has ears, let them hear. Do you know how his disciples respond? Don't go there, Jesus. Seriously. Because they recognize, he just said, listen up. How am I listening up? Why do you talk in parables? Like, why are you teaching like that? Jesus, why are you, you teaching us in parables? Let him listen up. Well, I didn't get what you were talking about. You're talking about a farmer. I wanted to hear about the truth. And they begin to have a dialogue with Jesus. They begin to talk to him. The disciples came to him and they said, Why do you speak to the people in parables? And he replied, Because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but not them. It's fulfilled in verse 14. In the prophet, it is fulfilled, the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears. And they close their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their ears, or their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts in turn. And I would heal them. But blessed are you because your eyes, blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. I want to speak to you today. You're blessed because your eyes see and your ears hear. You are blessed today because your eyes have seen the truth of God. Your ears have heard the word of God. For truly, I tell you, many prophets and righteous people, sorry, I should probably go there, many, many, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see but did not see it, to hear what you hear but did not hear it. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. What does it mean? Jesus said, I'm going to teach you what it means. And I wish this happened with every parable. You want to know, why do I teach in parables? Here's why. When anyone hears the message of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed that is sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word, at once receives it with joy, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they fall away quickly, or they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke out the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed that has fallen on good soil refers to someone who does what? Hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. This parable is all about 
hearing. And I believe, as a pastor, when I look at this parable, it's about the discipline of listening. How many times do we hear something, but we never hear it? Husbands, I, you don't shake your head right now. I told you, no, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. My wife doesn't even hear me right now. There's discipline in hearing. There's discipline in listening. Jesus uses the parable of the sower because a farmer has to be disciplined in order for there to be a crop. Sometimes we just think it just comes. It comes now. I'm a good listener naturally. No. There's a discipline in listening. He said his son falls on the path, and then what happens? Birds come. When I'm not attentive to what I've heard, when I'm not attentive to what's been sown, the enemy will come and steal it from me. When you're not attentive to the word that you heard, the word that God spoke through a sermon, the word that God spoke through a song, or the word that God spoke through a word of knowledge in service, when you're not attentive to that, I promise you there's some bird that wants to steal that nugget from you. My attentiveness affects my hearing. He said that sometimes there's weeds that grow up. My circumstance affects my hearing. You know what I'm talking about? I'm sorry, that's the stuff that falls on the rocky path. My circumstance affects my healing. When things, my hearing, when things get tough, how many times people say, I just wish I could hear from God now. Why are you letting your circumstance determine whether God's speaking to you or not? I can promise He's speaking. I can promise He's been speaking. I can promise He's always going to speak because He is the Word. Jesus Christ is absolutely the Word. So it's not what, what's happening. It's not that God's not talking. Maybe it's me that I'm allowing my worries, my circumstance, to keep me from hearing. Sometimes i got to put that aside and say, I'm going to listen. Sometimes I have to stand on the Word when everything else is falling apart. So my attentiveness, my circumstance, and then my thought. That was the one, the roots, the weeds that come up. How many times God tells you something and then you get to thinking? And your thinking, thinking gets in the way of what God has said. Huh? That doesn't make sense, God. Make no sense. Are you sure about that? What? Come on, God. You know I need this. Why are you going to tell me to go there? I mean, can you imagine that? Jesus says, go catch a fish, and, and, and there'll be what you've got to give to Caesar. And the guy says, no, nah, I ain't going to go catch a fish. I'm going to go dig a hole and look for some gold. But the answer all the time was in the fish's mouth. But because I let my thinking get in the way of what God was speaking, my worries, my anxieties, my, my, my concerns getting in the way of what God was saying, suddenly I didn't allow myself to have ears that hear. Oh, they heard, but it didn't stick. Why? Because he wants us to be good ground that does what? 
What does good ground do? It receives it. It receives the seed. And the seed goes down in good ground. And I'll tell you what, seed can go down in the best ground, but if you don't pay attention, it's not going to matter. That's the discipline of listening. God desires His Word to go deep in you. Why? We talked about it in Sunday school. So the principle of sowing can be brought forth. When God sows good seed in good soil, I should expect nothing but good fruit. Huh? When God sows good seed in good ground, why would I expect anything but the fruit that God intends? And I talked about it in Sunday school, and I want to reiterate it now. There is fruit in your life that is imperative to someone else. It's not just so you can have a nice apple pie. But there's someone who needs fruit that's going to come from your life. There's someone who needs the fruit that God has sown seed in your life, that He's spoken words to you about, that if we're not disciplined with what God has done, You know, in the book of Revelation, there was a compliment to those verses I read every time but in 13.9. There was a compliment to the verse that goes back to the book of Psalms, the, the, the reality of that psalm that I read. Every time Jesus addresses he who has ears, do you know how he also addresses them? To him who overcomes. To the one who is victorious. Because just like in Psalms, just like in the book of Revelation, the, the promise of victory is tied to the reality of listening. We will be victorious if we listen, if we have ears that hear the Word of God. His assurance was in, in, that their enemies would be subdued in Psalm chapter 81. His assurance is that we are victorious, we are overcomers. Who wants to be victorious? Hey, Kent does, Joe does, Pam does. Good. I'm going to try that again. I'm just going to try it just, just, for the, just for the fun. Who wants to win? Now we're getting better. Okay, now. And listen. That's my point. And listen. If you want to win, start... Listening. We said last week he's the Alpha and Omega. He knows where it starts and when it stops. Why don't we listen to him on how to get there? Then to make it go a lot better. If I listen to him and learn this lesson, maybe maybe I want to learn the lesson through Walt rather than have to learn the lesson through myself. You know what I mean? I'd rather learn the lesson about being a lukewarm church from the church in Laodicea than going through that process myself. He who has ears to hear. I want to sow to produce fruit. Fruit that is good. Fruit that overcomes. This morning, you can get the communion. I I forgot to set the communion table up today. Um, We're going to do communion. And I want us to do it with listening ears. Because this is something we do every month. How many times does, does routine affect what you hear? How many times does... Does routine affect whether you're listening? I mean, 
Don't shake your head too much, Mike. You're having that same conversation with your wife? Uh-huh, got it, dear. And you're not listening to a thing she says because we had this conversation yesterday and last week and the week before. But the difference is the story ends differently this time. This time she says she wants you to buy a new pickup truck and you're just like, nope. Because last time it ended with we're going to sell this. You know what I mean? There's a story that, that, I, that I read about uh, Franklin Roosevelt. It said, apparently Roosevelt was so tired of people smiling and expecting the presidential smile and saying uh, usual expected words at the myriad of White House receptions. One evening he decided to find out what, whether anybody was really listening to what he said. So as each person came up to him with an extended hand, he flashed a big smile and said, I murdered my grandma this morning. People would automatically respond with comments like, how lovely. Or it's nice to meet you, Mr. President. Nobody listened to what he was saying. Except for one foreign diplomat. When the president said, I murdered my grandmother this morning, the diplomat responded softly, I'm sure she deserved it. You know, we go through things. We're getting the word. And, oh, I read this chapter before. I could just breeze through this. There's a discipline in listening. This morning, we're going we're gonna to conclude. You guys can come forward too. We're going to conclude with communion. But I don't want this just to be communion as usual. I want you to take a moment and listen to what God is saying. The seed is the very word of God. That's why we read his word. The seed is being sown into your lives today. I believe that God has profound truths in this moment that he needs you to hear. It may be a truth that you heard 10 years ago. It may be a truth that you've never understood, but that God desires to speak to you in this moment. Maybe he wants to show you the fullness of his love. Maybe he's speaking to you about the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Maybe he's speaking to you about the promise of the cup of the new covenant. Man, I could go through this and some grape juice. Go ahead, Pastor got the old grape juice out. The other stuff is disgusting. But God can speak to you. Because I promise he's speaking. I promise he didn't invite you to his table to be quiet. He didn't say, do this in remembrance of me so nothing would be said. He said, do this in remembrance of me because he desires every time we eat this cup and drink this bread that he reveals himself to us, that we hear from him. We hear the demonstration of his love. We understand the, 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 the proclamation that he made through Jesus Christ. Some people, I still got the old yucky stuff. If you like this better, Maybe right here. You might feel more comfortable taking that because I can't. Jill. Just stay here, Ken. Don't go yet. Don't go yet. Don't go yet. Gotta listen. Gotta listen.
Driver, come here. Walt, come here. Right over here. Instructions can be complicated sometimes. You know what I mean? Just listen. Sam's going to sing a chorus in just a moment. And as we're doing that, I want it to be the practice of communion. The, the elements are available. There's, there's a cup and there's bread. There's bread and a cup. There's bread and a cup. Come get whatever you would like today. <laughs> and prepare for communion. You guys can come forward. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the scripture, but we're going to prepare for They're not going to bring it to you today. I need you to come come forward. So that means stand up. Yep. Good job. We're listening. Come get communion. Now before you do anything, God invited you to his table this morning. God invited you to his table today. He said, there's a spot for you at my table. God said, I set a place for you this morning. In your hands you have some elements. These elements are represented for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, the Lord Jesus. On the night he was betrayed, he took some bread. And when he given thanks, he broke it. He said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. It says, in the same way after supper, he took a cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Think about those words. If you want to see those words, that's 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 26. Think about the promise that God is speaking to you today. What is he saying to you? That his body was broken for you? That the blood was shed for you? That there's promise in this blood? That we can proclaim the Lord's death until he comes? I don't know what God is speaking to you, but listen. Listen to him. Let him bring good word, good seed that will be sown deep in you. You know, I thought about this. It's almost like I'm sowing a seed with the body and blood, like taking the salad and watering it with the blood of Jesus Christ and expecting some fruit. Maybe it's something as simple as that, that God is speaking to you this day. I'm going to pray. Tam's going to sing, and I'm going to encourage you to take communion as you see fit. Father, I thank you for your word. God, I long to be him who has ears to hear. So Holy Spirit, I ask you would speak to us in this moment. I pray for the word that would become flesh, the word that would be good seed, that would be sown in my life, that I would be an attentive field this day, that it wouldn't be about my distractions or or my thoughts or my circumstance, but God, that in this moment I can receive the love that you desire for me to receive. The knowledge that there's a place for me at your table. 
the all that the body of Christ would be broken for me. The mystery that the blood of Jesus Christ could forgive the sins that I've done, the sins that I'm doing, and the sins that I will do. The promise that I have hope in Jesus Christ, that you've gone and prepared a place for me. That I receive what you're speaking in Jesus' name. Amen. Did you hear from God today? Did you listen to God today? Then you win. You win. You overcome. You're victorious. Hold on to that word. Hold on to that truth. To him who has ears to hear. To him who overcomes. They go together. We win because we heard from him. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and grant you his peace. And may you have ears that hear and be him or her who overcomes. Amen. Be blessed.